Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, folks and people. My name is Anthony Taylor, and this is the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, my guest is Conrad Edwards, who is the CEO of The Basement. Conrad, what's happening today? Too much. It is uh, Friday. It's Halloween is approaching. My Cincinnati Bearcats are number two in the country. So, you know, something's going to go wrong, right? It's... I, 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 are you trick-or-treating with uh, kids or are you just... No, I'm not. My kids are far too old for that. Far too old for that. So. Cool. Well, hopefully we can have a great weekend of sports, whoever you're, you're cheering for. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I need some good luck either way. But why don't we talk a little bit about your work? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the basement, what you do, and what keeps you uh, happy on most days? <laughs> sure. So we are an integrated marketing, advertising, and strategic communications company. We're headquartered in Indianapolis. Uh, we're about 14 years old. I've been with the company for the last two years. I was a client for five years prior to that. Uh, we have a growing national roster and a growing international roster. We just recently won our first international RFP. We recently brought on our first Fortune 100 client. We've recently welcomed back a higher education client. We've bought a building that will be our future home. Uh, we landed on Adweek's 75 fastest growing agencies in the world. And I think all that happened in maybe the same two weeks, three week time period. So, and that's been about over the last month, month and a half. So it's been a pretty exciting few weeks to say the least. Uh, and I feel really, really good about everything that everybody's been able to accomplish and the hard work that everybody's put in is really just bearing fruit for all of us right now. So it's, it's an exciting time to be at the basement. That's very, very cool. Well, shout out to the basement team and, and congrats, Conrad, to you and your team for all of those accomplishments because that's very exciting. Um, I've never heard that happen from client to, to CEO. How did that journey manifest itself? So I was a CMO at a retail company. We were a partner to one of the larger wireless providers here in the United States. And we had about 1,200 stores across 43 states. And as I was starting, the company was starting a relationship with the basement. So my relationship with that company and with the basement kind of coincided and started at the same time. This was back in 2015. And they just consistently brought us innovating, interesting ideas, both on publisher side, media tactics, the ways to understand how well we're driving traffic or how not well we're driving traffic. And then the creative work and just the, the constant innovation was really, really interesting. And I left their beginning of 2019 and I had gotten to know Brian Phillips, who's one of the founders pretty well. And he, we just started having, you know, breakfast and lunch kind of on a more routine basis. And later in that summer, uh, he's like, I'd like to talk to you about the business at the basement. I was like, yeah, sure. So he's, I'm looking for, to hire a COO, somebody to help us to grow, right? He and Jacob Leffler, the two founders, you know, we're looking to figure out how to take that next stage of growth and just wanted somebody from the outside to help to accelerate that or to put some plans in place to help that happen. So I started naming off all these other folks that I thought could help. And as I'm having this conversation, clearly I'm picking up zero 
of the hints that Brian is trying to drop. And I said, I'm interested. I'd, I'd throw my hat into the ring. And he's like, I'll take your hat. So that's kind of how that happened. And I got to know Jacob a little bit more. I had known, you know, six or seven of the key folks that were working on the account, both from the account side, the creative side, media side. So I was really comfortable understanding the creativity and the innovation and the work that they were doing. And a lot of the early conversations and the work over the last two years has been much more on the business side of things and how do we make the business as boring as possible so that that creativity and innovation can continue to flourish, right? You just kind of want to take away those impediments to progress and allow this incredibly wonderful, talented group of people to just flourish and do really, really good work. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because we had a meeting with our team internally saying, I want the top to be boring. And so it's just interesting to hear that that was your, especially in such a creative dynamic environment, like one of the things that I kind of grapple with um, in terms of the, the balance between the strategic and the operational. And that's what I find is cool with like great agencies is you have to do creative work. You have to do good strategic work. Otherwise you can't get there, but you need to have that balance of like the getting stuff done. And have you found in your career that there's some people who are really good strategics and some that are really good operational and it's kind of hard to find somebody who's good at both or, or what's your experience been? Yeah, I think you're going to have specialists, you're going to have generalists, and you're just going to have people that are catalysts and understand situational leadership and how to apply, whether that be your own talents or to leverage the talents of, of the folks inside of the organization, whether that be your own department, whether that be a small team that you're managing, whether that be you know, a large division of a large company, how to best position yourself and those people to achieve the long-term goals while also managing kind of the urgency of the short-term. Those two things are very, they, they don't pair well together. And far too often you get caught up in the urgency of the day-to-day -day and you fail to focus on the importance of the long-term view and making sure that people can understand how the day-to-day -day plays in the long-term view and to identify those one, two, three things you can be doing on a monthly quarterly, annual basis to help to unlock the future that you see, you know, that's really, really important is to prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. And I think the strategic versus the operational is making sure that the functional strategic work that you're doing in our case for clients is compartmentalized and allowed to do really, really well, as well as the strategic work on business planning is allowed to operate independently so that you can, again, understand where you need to grow, what are your opportunities, what are your weaknesses, you know, acknowledge your weaknesses and say, okay, we're not going to worry about that right now because it's not impacting the urgency of the day-to-day, -day, but we do need to think about it long-term. Yeah. So how has your journey from CMO to CEO, how has that been for you in terms of both managing the operational and the strategic, but also as like taking on a new role in a new company with new people, you know, did it, was it, was it smooth? Was it bumpy? Was there, I mean, undoubtedly learning along the way, like, give us a sort of recap of the past couple of years. Sure. I think I was never a good student, but I was always a good learner, right? And I'm just always finding and following natural lines of inquiry. So I would say that what I've done day to day for 25 years really has not changed, right? Your style emerges as a result of what you learn about yourself and about what makes you excited and engaged. And then there is the circumstances that do change. 
and your style matures, your approach matures, and your circumstances allow you to flex that those capabilities and working with different people and collaborating and learning and teaching the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, you're making decisions on different scale or doing things differently, but it's been kind of smooth from, you know, not just from that CMO role to a chief operating officer, then into the CEO role, but and tail into last year, it's just the circumstances change, but you know, your style and the, the pragmatic approach of, okay, what's the most important thing for us to do that's going to allow us collectively to recognize that goal that we want to achieve. So um, coming into the basement, understanding the creative side and the media side and just the, the output of the agency and how they were able to say, okay, what are the, what are the business imperatives, right? Because that's how many times have certainly doing what you do, you sit in a room and you hear from different executives around the table, they're, they're killing their metrics, but overall the business is suffering, right? Because there's a lack of alignment of whatever is it needs to end up in that lower right corner, right? And how do we almost as therapists, right, of with our clients to say, okay, what is the most important thing that we can hold ourselves, both our clients and ourselves accountable for to deliver that's going to drive success and, you know, get everybody what they need from a business result, a creative output for us, insights into the analytics and the campaigns that we're running or whatever the case might be. That kind of went far afield from your original question, but I think now understanding on the inside, as I said earlier, just how do you remove some of the barriers and we're not there yet by any stretch, right? There's, there are always things to, to get better, but I think one of the first things you see that in a company that has grown as quickly as the basement had in the first 12 years is to grab onto point solutions, point solutions to solve specific problems. And at a certain point, you need to consolidate so you have greater insights and fewer systems that you're interacting with, both from an operational perspective, as well as how I do my job on a day-to-day basis, whether I'm in the creative department, whether I'm buying media, whether I'm doing strategy work, whether I'm planning something, whether I'm running an account, whether I'm doing a project, you know, doing project management work, you can't think system then task. You need, I just need to go and execute work. Don't think about where you need to go in order to do it. And that's kind of a user experience component from my background of having done that type of work for a long time. So, Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate, to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting clear about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. Now get us back to the episode. Yeah. So I guess maybe my my next question about that is because it sounds like you have frequently done certain things very well and they're no different here. It's just a different context, like a different game, sort of moving up divisions in soccer or football, if you will. Uh, But if you were to kind of package the stuff that has made you successful as a leader, as a implementer, as a strategist, and you were to give some advice or guidance to our listeners and say, hey, you know, here's the top two or three things I really focus on, either from a habit perspective or a development perspective, what would those two or three things be? 
shut up and listen and observe, right? I think it's very boring, right? But it can also be very, very inspirational because you're allowing people to answer questions and demonstrate their knowledge and also then identify ways for those people to work better together, right? Or to just communicate more effectively. Be empathetic. If you're capable of thinking on a big picture, do so, but make sure that you illuminate the path along the way to get towards that big picture because not everybody, you know, you asked your question earlier about operational versus strategic. Not everybody can see the big picture or is comfortable with it. But if you can allow them to see their contribution and the role they play in achieving that big picture, they're going to buy in 100% of the time. I think you have to be comfortable with your own ignorance, right? Embrace it and use it as a catalyst to learn. It allows you to be vulnerable. I think the three most important words as a leader you can use are, I don't know, right? And let's just figure it out. It's very pragmatic, I recognize, but it's also, I think the best leaders understand when and how to just get out of the way, right? And there's a time to be a catalyst. There's a time to be a a governor and exercise restraint. Do you expect those same competencies out of your teams, like the comfortable with your own ignorance, you know, like empathy and then listening and observe room time, or is that unique to your own leadership? Uh, I think when people see you comfortable being vulnerable, it's a lot easier for them to be vulnerable and just to, and that immediately reduces the barriers. And there's just a lot less of this where the crossed arms in the conversation, and it's just much more open and then criticism and, and communication can just go right. When you understand that the criticism or the, the, the lack of knowledge isn't a negative thing. It's just, all right, here's a thing we got to solve and it doesn't always work. Right. But I think you practice what you preach, right. For lack of a better way of saying it, you just, I think it is catching. Like it can catch. Like if other people see you be vulnerable, they're much more, their own anxiety levels drop right? Because they know they're not alone. So let's practice that vulnerability now. Um, as you, you talked about all of this, uh, I'm not going to set you up for anything crazy, Dorn. You talked about all this growth, you know, new building, new opportunities, new press, like really expanding the scope and taking the company to a new level. What is, what is the thing that you might not have been able to solve yet? Or what are some of the things that are, that are challenging you in a positive way through this growth and transition uh, of the company? I'm not overly patient. Um, you know, my inclination is, is to, you know, you just want to mash on the accelerator and go, right? But you, if you accelerate too quickly, you can lose control. So I think as a byproduct of that is, you know, folks can get annoyed with the time it takes to make certain decisions. Uh, it's important to articulate why that time is necessary but sustainable growth requires thoughtfulness, right? I've seen instinctive reactive decision-making work really, really well. And I've also seen it turn out not well at all. Uh, I think consistency in your approach is important. Having confidence in the strategies that you put in place, sticking to it, it's one of the few things that you can control. I think the, I said earlier, the the short-term urgency and the importance of acting in the best interest of the long term are not overly compatible. But I think identifying and being very deliberate about what those steps that will get you to the long term allow you to accommodate the craziness of the short term and make that, that characterizes your day to day. That allows you to make good decisions and, 
everybody can understand and see their role in that bigger picture in the longer term view of things. I don't know if that answered the question, but it's- Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's what I heard, uh, if not explicitly was, you wanna move fast and you recognize that good things take time and that to be able to, and I keep thinking of this soccer example, you know, like the, the great place, by the way, for everybody listening, he's got a Liverpool FC uh, banner behind him. I won't tell anybody else. And, and, but it's like, you see the play develop, you know, when you make, when you see bad players or when I get frustrated, I get frustrated watching players, they make an instinctive decision. You're like, that pass was open. You could have taken an extra second. You know, you didn't see the field. You rushed it. The best goals come from development from the back part of the pitch and they move up and it builds and builds and builds and you can feel the build. And I think, as I think about it now, why all of that stuff happened to the company in the past, you know, recent times, two weeks or whatever, or that same two weeks is because it built and built and built and built and built. Now coming off of that build, 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 boom. Now what's that next piece? And so you might have to execute your own version of patience, but also have everybody else on your team because it's a bigger team with bigger goals and bigger objectives to be able to manage that composure. I think moving forward, does that track? A hundred percent. I think what there's also the role you play, understanding what your role is and maintaining that position, right? To use the metaphor consistently, right? It's like the key to that buildup is making sure that your midfielders are doing exactly what they need to do, protecting the back line and linking up with the, the folks on the front line, right? So understanding within the business, how you compartmentalize well, right? Instead of having seven people in a leadership group all getting together to make one decision, no, no, no. I need you two people to focus on this, I need you three to think about this thing over here. And I need you over here to think about this thing. Trust one another that you're going to make the decision that, again, is in service to that long-term goal that we are all trying to work off of. And then allowing those people, those specialists to excel in their areas to fulfill that strategy, right? And I think that's, that is really, really important to compartmentalize and make sure that there's clear accountability and ownership of the things that are most important. and not that it was lacking, but just being way more deliberate about it and say, this person owns this and they're responsible to deliver it this way. And then you help make sure that that happens. And if you're having issues, raise your hand because you're not alone, right? You may be responsible for it, but you're not by yourself. Yeah. And, and just like it says on Liverpool FC, you'll never walk alone. So that's perfect. I've heard the metaphor a couple of times this week and I've never used it in my career before, but it's like youth soccer, maybe it is the season where you see everybody like running and chasing the ball and kicking each other in the shins. So making sure that your leadership team like is spread out and has like the pace. So we'll stop on the soccer metaphor, but you know, we do, as you know, facilitate strategic planning. And the big part of that is, is getting the team aligned. Also for anybody listening, if you are in England and Europe and you're looking for a soccer announcer, Conrad knows a guy. It's not him. He's not going to throw his hat in the ring, but he knows somebody. So reach out to him. I'll give you the details, effort, and he's got a guy for you. So just keep that in mind. What are you looking forward most to moving forward? What is what is the next uh, step for you and your leadership? What's the next step for uh, basement? Well, I think just very simply, you know, we obviously the pandemic changed the way everybody worked around the world. And we let our lease expire at the end of 2020 and have been fully remote you know, we've recently started, you know, going back into a, a co-working space and, you know, acquiring a building and being able to do something with that space that is new, unique, and different that, than any office that you've worked in. I, we started the design process 
just recently and in talking to the design firm that we're working with, I said, are people doing anything different? And she's like, they want to, but they come back to the traditional plan. And I said, is that because they're chicken? And she's like, I'm not going to say that because I love my clients, right? But I think being able to do something bold and interesting that will allow our people to get together for what they really, really miss, which is that collaboration and working in close contact with our clients and doing really, really cool work. So what does the space need to do in order to facilitate that? It's not just a traditional, I have my desk, this is where I do my work, you know, own space. If you really want to change it, you got to do something drastic. And I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be everybody standing up around tall desks or who knows what it's going to be. But I think taking the opportunity to give ourselves a place to do really, really compelling work where our clients are excited to come and to visit and to, to do work with us that serves a need that's not met by working from your office at home or working at a co-working space downtown. So I think that is really, really exciting. I think the, the planning that we're doing for next year, you know, this year has been largely operational, right? I think you look at the layers of, okay, we need a really strong operational foundation because you can't catalyze or, or pour gasoline on a fire, you know, if you're, if you're just, your foundation is, is weak, right? And it's not that we had problems, but we just needed to do some basic hygiene and get, you know, that stuff, that stuff sorted. So next is like, okay, organizationally, how are we? We have the right leaders in the right place. You know, what are our next generation of leaders? How do we grow and develop them? Always a work in progress. What are the opportunities for growth from a leadership perspective, from a people perspective with our existing clients, from a geographic perspective? And then how do you effectively tell your story to the world, right? Of We have a very flexible model that resonates with B2B clients, with consumer packaged goods clients, with retailers, with higher education, right? So how do you not look the same to everybody, but make yourself and the value that you're capable of delivering quite clear to any manner of constituency that may not recognize themselves in the book that you have, right? So I think next year, again, foundational work will always continue, but solving a lot of that is gonna allow us to grow in any one of those areas, either with new clients, with new geographies, with existing work that we're already doing with our clients. So I think growing on top of a new physical plant that's hopefully really, really innovative and interesting, is very exciting, I think. Yeah, I love that. And one one key word, for, so first of all, excited for you. One thing that really struck out in terms of what you said is, is doing compelling work. And I think that's one of the big things that employers are talking about, you know, this great resignation, which I have to mention, is like compelling. It makes you want to do something. And I think uh, as sometimes the so old motto of leadership and management, like old, old, is, hey, you need to do something because I told you to, you must versus this thing is making you want to do something. I think from an employer perspective, from a creative perspective, from you know an advertising perspective, you know you need to be able to move people. And is it you are doing the old way because you're chicken or you're scared or you're doing new ways because that's what is needed for us to make progress. There's gonna be tons of progress being made in the next couple of years. And, and for listeners is, hey, like which side of it are you gonna be on? Are you gonna be on the moving forward side? Are you going to be on the cautious side? I'm not advocating for either because there's a place for everybody. Going back to that strategic operational, you got to know your role. You got to know your place. You know, my, my invitation is to test 
the line if you feel comfortable to move it forward because that's that's how we make progress as, as people. So Conrad, where can people learn more about uh, Basement? Where can they get in touch with you and where they can they... Uh, yeah, or connect with you if they've got somebody who'd be a really great announcer for their football team. <laughs> the best place to learn about the agency is at our website, thebsmnt.com. We've got case studies, examples of our work, insights into the culture that's really, really unique that's developed over the last 14 years. So it's a, it's a great place to, to find all you need. And you can reach out to us via that site and tell us you want to do some really, really compelling work and we'll be happy to sit down and talk to you. And it'll be a conversation unlike any you've ever had. There we go. The promise has been made. So if you want to push that boundary, talk to Conrad and his team. So thanks, Conrad. Appreciate the chat today. It's been really awesome getting to know you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My guest, Conrad Edwards from The Basement, and he's a CEO over there. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Share it with somebody who cares. And just appreciate you watching, listening, tuning in, commenting, and doing all the stuff that you do. So my name is Anthony Taylor. I'm the Managing Partner at SME Strategy. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. And until next time.